Welcome to the Vineyard Northridge Weekly Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by our senior pastor, Neil Haney. For more information about our church, visit our website at vineyardnorthridge.org or find us on social media at Vineyard Northridge. doing this series, and this is the third Sunday in the series called Vital Distinctions, and uh, I taught on uh, the, the distinction between living uh, by law and living by grace, and, and how uh, we're, we're done with the law. The law has nothing to say to us now that we are in Christ. We died in Christ through the law. We died to sin. We died to self. We died to our old Adam uh, nature. And now we live in grace and by the Holy Spirit. And so uh, that was two weeks ago. Uh, last week, Dennis uh, brought us a, a great little uh, illustration about mixing, uh, in, in mixing salvation and discipleship. It's like mixing ammonia and bleach. Uh, ammonia is a great you know, cleaner. Bleach is a great cleaner, especially for your toilet bowl. But if you mix the two you kind of have a deadly uh, combination because the fumes from mixing ammonia and bleach will uh, put you in the hospital, if not kill you. So so, uh, he said, when we try to mix our salvation with our discipleship, in other words, we mix the free gift of salvation through faith in Christ with how well we're doing in our Christian walk, and we make salvation dependent on how well we're doing uh, in, in just walking out our, our Christian life, then we're mixing two things that should never be mixed. Discipleship is completely separate from the free gift of salvation. And uh, if you mix those two, you end up with a nervous breakdown. Trust me, because I, I had one uh, because of that very reason. And so uh, if you didn't hear that sermon, please go back and listen to it on uh, vineyardnorthridge.org, our, our website. Um, this morning, I want to make another crystal clear critical distinction between the gift of Christ and the gifts we receive in and through Christ. Does that make sense? Uh, how, how many of you know that, first of all, that, <laughs> that as we get older, the best gifts come in small packages, generally speaking? I mean, if you know, if you wrapped a Harley, you know that that's a that's a great gift, I guess, for people who like motorcycles. By the way, I think I dreamed last night that I, I had a motorcycle. I've never had one, but anyway, that was a kind of a cool dream. I just thought of that. Uh, beside the point, but you know, I, I remember. I mean, one of the most precious gifts I've received recently is is this right here. Whoop! Knocked my uh, earpiece off. It's an it's an Apple Watch, and this thing does everything. In fact. This Apple Watch helped me realize that I, had, um, I was having an episode with AFib about two months ago because I have a little thing on here that tells me, it shows my heartbeat, my heart rate, and it has a resting heart rate. And, you know, I want to brag a little bit. I'm 62 years old, and my heart rate is in, you know, between 62 and 67, my resting heart rate, which is not bad for an old man. But one night, uh, I glanced at it. Deb was having some problems with her, her kidneys, and I was trying to help her and pray for her. And all of a sudden, I realized I was feeling really weird in my chest. And I looked down at my watch, and, and uh, my resting heart rate was 80. And uh, I got up and moved across the room, and my heart rate went up into the 90s. And I'm like, what is going on? Next day, I went to the doctor. 
Sure enough, I was having an episode of AFib. Now, thank God, I don't have ongoing AFib. Uh, there were a number of things that happened, but, but this watch has been such a blessing to me. I don't know why I ch- chased that rabbit, but this watch, but this came in a very small little box, and when I opened it, it was like, ah, this is awesome, and I love this watch. And so um, I want to talk about the gift that came in a small package, um, but I was, as I was thinking about this morning, the gift of Jesus wrapped in what they call swaddling clothes, like, like cloth, and laid in a manger, feeding trough of animals. Very small little package. But when the angels appeared to the shepherds, they said, uh, we bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. A Savior, who is Christ the Lord. When the angel met uh, Mary and told her she was going to have the Christ child conceived by the Holy Spirit, she said that this, this child of yours will save his people from their sins. Small package, big, big, important deal, this gift of Jesus. As, as I was thinking about that, I was thinking about two other small packages that, have, that came into the world. One recently, uh, Parker Young uh, Derek and Edie's grandson, uh, they, uh, Kim, Kim and Keenan went through a couple of weeks of just horrendous, uh, they both had COVID and they had complications with the pregnancy. Parker was a little bit big to go through that birth canal, wasn't going to chance it, so they ended up with a C-section. She ended up with, uh, between the COVID and the C-sections, with some complications with respiratory stuff. She got rushed to another hospital. The whole day, it was a big deal. All to get this one little package, and I don't know if you've seen any of the videos of Keenan holding, holding his baby boy. But I, I just, it just took, when Deb was showing me yesterday, she said, "Look at this." And of course, you can't keep your lips off of a baby if you're a parent. You know, I mean, their skin gets probably chafed from just kiss all the kissing. But you know, Keenan's holding this baby boy, just kissing all over his face. It's just so precious. And so that, you know, that 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 precious little package came. You know, just a couple weeks ago. But then I had a funeral this week. And uh, the parents are here. Um, They had a baby boy. Um, Danny was 19. uh, Tammy was 20 when little Danny was born. And he was born with all kinds of physical problems. And uh, couldn't walk, couldn't talk, um, except in monosyllables. Uh, was going to need care. They said he would live six months. He lived 22 years, almost to the day. Um, you know, this little little package. And you would think, oh, you know, I had a roommate who was born with birth defects, and his father disowned him from the, from the, from the day he was born. He found out he had cerebral palsy. He never spoke directly to my... This guy was my roommate in college. His name was Tim Pierce. Tim Pierce's dad never addressed him directly. He would tell his brothers, tell him I said so-and-so. Danny and Tammy embraced this little bundle, spent their entire next, last, the last 22 years making sure that little Danny was taken care of. But you know what? That little boy changed their lives. So much. 
made them better people, taught them how to love, taught them how to laugh, taught them how to to be uh, vulnerable, taught them how to cry. And initially, it's like, how could a God that loves us let this happen to our son? Walked away from the Lord for a few years, but they both came back because he brought them back. He brought them back to Christ. He taught them the unconditional love of God. And now they're both sitting here with us this morning because of their son, that little, that little boy that was given to them as a gift. I want to read from Isaiah. It was read this morning beautifully by, uh, by Lori uh, Lively. But I want to read it again because this is the gift, guys. This is the gift. For us, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given. The Father gave his son. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever should believe in him should not perish but have eternal life. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called this this son, this child, wonderful counselor, mighty God. This child shall be called mighty God, everlasting Father. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. For I and the Father are one. Prince of peace and the increase of his government and peace there of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end. And he will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. That's what we get from this little gift that was laid in a manger. And so this morning, I want to distinguish between the gift and the gifts that we receive from Christ. About a week ago, I was praying, and I I don't know about you, but I'm in a season right now where I just want him, I just want him. There's a song that Wes introduced a couple months ago, and part of the song says, I'm not here for blessing. Jesus, you don't owe me anything more than anything you can do. I just want you. I just want you. And guys, I don't mean to sound spiritual. I'm just, I'm just needy. I'm just realizing more than ever, my own neediness, my own need for Jesus, my own need for, for his righteousness, for my own need for his ex- expression of his life through me. I just, want, I just want him. Jesus uh, taught a number of, of parables, kingdom parables in Matthew and there's one parable in particular, and you do understand that the kingdom of God is basically the king. The kingdom of God is all about the king. It's, it's his rule and his reign in our lives and in this world. And we're longing for his kingdom to come because we want Jesus to be in, 
not only in charge, but we want him to be in control. It's nice to have him in charge, but we'd rather have him in control because little Danny would have been healed and still with us. You know, that, I mean, that's what would happen if, if Jesus was in complete control. And so um, I, was, I was praying, and uh, I guess I, I kind of slipped into moving from the gift to the gifts because I was praying. I was like, Jesus, I want to love you more. Because again, I, I, I'm not, this is not about me, okay? Please don't take this as Neil is trying to show how spiritual he is. I'm just needy. <laughs> I'm just really hungry and needy. And I'm just admitting that to you. I'm not satisfied with, with where I'm at. Uh, I'm not satisfied with, with uh, I, I just want him to be my life, my, my all in control of everything in my life because life works better that way. And so I was telling him that. I was like, Jesus, I want to love you more and I want more intimacy with you so that I will have complete victory over, you know, ongoing, at least ongoing victory over sin. I will have joy and peace and, 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 and that rest that, you know, we're to, we're to labor to enter his rest. And so I'll have that rest and, 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 and I'll, I'll have more power in ministry and I'll preach more powerful sermons and I'll bear more fruit and, and you know, I'll be a, a more effective intercessor and, you know, all these good things. You know, I, I just, I want to be more effective as a pastor. I want to be, I want to be this and I want this and I want this and I want to be that and I want to do this. And he stopped me. You know, Jesus will talk back to you if you listen. Amen. Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. They, they know the voice of the shepherd. So Jesus said, you know, Neil, that, uh, <laughs> there's a story. There's, i got to tell a story with my wife. <clears throat> she and my daughter, this is, this is a joke in the family. She and my daughter were in her bedroom and Lindsay was... Deb, Deb is such a neat freak, and she is so good at, you know, a place for everything and everything in his place, and my daughter is just, you know, from the time she was born, she just like, you walk in her bedroom, and you can't see the floor for her clothes, and there's stuff stacked everywhere, so she was cleaning her room, and Deb was, Deb wasn't making her, but she was just in there with her while she was doing it, and Lindsay's putting this stuff away, and Deb makes a comment, she goes, Lindsay, you think you're doing a good job, but you're not. <laughs> And uh, we just, you know, I walked in about that time, and we just, we just looked at that. We just all broke out laughing. And so Jesus did that to me. He said, you know, Neil, you think you're doing a good job with this prayer, but you're not. He's like, um, because you're, you're asking for, to love me more and for more intimacy with me so that you can get to these other things. You're, you're looking at me, but you're looking past me to what you can get from this relationship. And I was convicted to my heart because Jesus said, I don't want to be an end to your means, or a means, I'm sorry, I don't want to be a means to your end. I want to be the end goal. I want you to want me for me. 
These other things will be added to you. Seek first the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, the rule and reign of Christ, in your, and all these things will be added to you. But he said, I'm really, you know, I'm, I'm not insulted, but at the same time, I'm not, really, I'm not really all that excited about answering your prayers so that you'll get other things from loving me and having intimacy with me. I want you to love me for me. I want to be intimate with you in a, in a close, intimate relationship just for the sake of the relationship. I want to read this. John chapter 10. I haven't done a very good job of marking my place here, but... This is talking about Jesus coming into the world. This is John's Christmas story. He says, He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to his own, to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. They were looking for something else. They were looking for a king that would overthrow uh, Caesar and Rome and reestablish Israel as, as this, the world superpower. And so he didn't come like they expected. They weren't going to get what they wanted, and so they rejected him and ultimately crucified him. Yet to all who received him, to all those who received the gift, the Christmas, for the very first Christmas present that came in the very small package, yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, <clears throat> he gave them the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent or, or of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. And the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. And we have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. For the law was given through Moses. We received the quote-unquote gift of the law through Moses, which wasn't a great gift, by the way. But we receive the gift of grace and truth through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time, but the one and only Son who is at the Father's side has come here to make Him known. And so Jesus, the gift, has come to make God known to us. In 1 John, I, don't, I wasn't able to find the verse because I just thought of it before, and I wrote it down just before I came up here. But, but John, who wrote the Gospel of John, says, He who has the Son has life. He who has the Son has life. When the Father wanted to save us, He gave us His Son. When the Father wanted us to know Him, He gave us His Son. When the Father wanted to come and be with us and love us and make himself personal to us, he gave us his Son, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. You know... Uh, we, we learn to pray at an early age, and uh, a lot of us do anyway. And, uh, and, and pr prayer is, is, is primarily petition. It's asking for things. 
And so, dear Lord, please, you know, bless mommy and daddy. Uh, dear Lord, please uh, give me a puppy. Uh, dear Lord, please do this and please don't do that and please change this and please do this and fix this and, and, and provide that. And we end up uh, with a laundry list of things that we end up asking God for on a regular basis. And what, one of the things I want to stress this morning is that we, there are all kinds of gifts, including spiritual gifts. You know, one of the things that, I, that I'm hoping will happen in this church over the next couple of years is that we learn to really live out of and function in spiritual gifts, gifts of prophecy and healing and, and uh, gifts of words of knowledge and gifts of wisdom and gifts of all kinds of things. The Holy Spirit has all these gifts for us. And, and we're to employ those to bless the body. And I, I want us to function in those gifts. But I don't want us to look past the gift. And I started to tell this a minute ago, and I'll tell it now. In Matthew, in the kingdom parables, Jesus says the kingdom of God is like a man who was walking through a field. And he stumbled across this this box and he opened it up and it was a treasure full of jewels someone had in escaping the enemy had taken their treasure chest and buried it in a ground in a field when they would come back later after after the enemies had had left and this man found this box and it says he sold everything he had to buy that field to get the treasure and he says the kingdom of god is like a pearl merchant who searched the world over for, for great pearls. And when he found this one pearl, the priceless pearl, the pearl of great price it's called, he sold everything to buy that one pearl. Guys, the beautiful thing is that Jesus didn't just come to save the world. He came to save you. He didn't just come to reveal himself to the world or to reveal God to the world. He came to reveal God to you. He didn't just come to dwell among the people of God, like corporately. He came to live in each one of our hearts. He is the gift. Christ has become to us who are in Him wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. He is those things. He is wisdom. He is righteousness. He is sanctification. He is redemption. And He comes to live in each of our hearts in the song, O Little Town of Bethlehem. I love that song, and I love Amy Grant's rendition of it, which is, shows how old I am. It's like a 40-year-old rendition of O Little Town of Bethlehem. Find that somewhere and, and listen to it. But there's a line that just breaks me up every time I, I hear it. Where meek hearts will receive him still. Where meek hearts will receive him still. The dear Christ enters in to your heart. Guys, Jesus lives in your heart. Jesus lives in here. He's the gift He's the gift of salvation. He's the gift of sanctification. He's the gift of righteousness, of holiness. He's the gift of love. He's the gift of power. He's the gift of everything you need. But one of the things that you can't 
look past is he's the gift of him. He's, he's your Jesus. He's your best friend. He's your uh, a Savior, Lord, Redeemer, and friend living within you. And you can have a relationship with him that's deep and close and personal. And you can talk to him and he'll talk to you. It's wonderful to get all the gifts that he wants to give. It's wonderful. The gift of salvation is wonderful. The, the gift of sanctification is wonderful where he makes us holy and, and like himself. All those things are wonderful. The gifts of the Spirit are wonderful. But the main thing is, and the thing that we need to celebrate this morning, is that Christ has come to you, for you, to live in you and me, to make his home in, in you and me where meek hearts will receive him still. The dear Christ enters in. To live with you and to be your life, your friend, your all. I'm not here for blessing. Jesus, you don't owe me anything more than anything that you can do. I just want you. So this morning I want to say this. In Isaiah 55, 6 it says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Call on him while he is near. Jesus, in, 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 uh, I just shared this recently, but, but I want to kind of close with this thought. As we enter 2021, as we walk through the rest of this Christmas season and into the new year, the Lord's word to you is Isaiah, I mean Jeremiah 29, verses 11 through 13. And he starts out by saying, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. The Lord knows the plans he has for you and for us. He knows those plans. And they're his plans. And they're good plans because he's good. Plans for good and not for evil. He's not a, a God who gives you evil things. He's not a father who gives you a snake when you ask, or a scorpion when you ask for an egg. Or a rock when you ask for bread. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for good and not for evil to give you a hope and a future. And you will come to me. Now listen to this. You will come to me and you will pray. And I will answer you, he says. But get this last part. And you will seek me. And you will seek me. And you will find me when you search for me with all your heart. I, uh, I don't like to, to read a lot to you, but I'm going to read this from A.W. Tozer's The Pursuit of God, The Human Thirst for the Divine. If we would find God amidst all the religious externals, we must determine to find first to find Him and then proceed in the way of simplicity. Now, as always, God discovers Himself to babes. We must simplify our approach to him. We must strip down to the essentials and they are found to be blessed to be blessedly few. We must put away all effort to impress. Jesus, I want you to I want to know you more and love you more so that I can get all these things that I think you want me to have and need and do and all this stuff. We must put away all effort to impress and come with a guileless candor of childhood. In other words, just come like a child. Just come to him and say, Jesus, I need you. That's where I'm at right now, guys. 
If we would do this without doubt, God would quickly respond. If we would just come like a little child and say, I need you, God, I want you, I want you, he would quickly respond. I'm counting on that. I'm counting on that for myself. When religion has had its last word or said its last word, there is little we need other than God himself. Do you hear that? We don't need anything else but God himself and specifically Jesus. The evil habit of seeking God-and, God-and, effectively prevents us from finding God in full revelation. Let me read that again. The evil habit of seeking God-and effectively prevents us from finding God in full revelation. In the end lies our great woe. If we omit the end, we shall soon find God. And in him we shall find that for which we have all our lives been secretly longing. We need not fear that in seeking God only, we narrow our lives or restrict the motions of our expanding hearts. The opposite is true. We can well afford to make God our all and to concentrate and to sacrifice the many for the one, capital O. The man who has God for his treasure has all things in one. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more information about our church, visit vineyardnorthridge.org or find us on social media at Vineyard Northridge.